Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Joe McAdam is about the insane clown posse and other things that are American-made. This is a podcast that is American-made, and that's why we have a Patreon account. You can donate it to it. You could donate to it at youmethemeverybody.com in this podcast description. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, go to the About page. Without further ado, we're not sorry if we tricked you. So, yeah, so what you're saying right now, you are currently in, you are currently in Los Angeles, California, home of all things fancy. Stars are literally everywhere in the The stars are out tonight. They're your neighbors. They live below you in garden apartments and you have your toes in the ocean. Coast to coast. And what a time. I, uh, yeah, all my neighbors are stars. Um, I, I used to have a neighbor that was, um, oh, he was one of the Ninja Turtles. Okay, in, so. In the live action Ninja Turtles movie. One and two, like 1989, 1990, like that era? No, no, the, uh, I think there's a more recent one. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it was there a cartoon. There is one, like with Megan Fox? Yeah, he was one of those. Okay. But cool. he moved. But that was that was my that was my brush with fame. That was it. Do you miss him? I do. I really do. I didn't talk to him that much. Maybe a couple times said hello. Um, we're not, we don't have like the most close neighbor relationship. We did. Did you say things like turtle power to him? Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> but that's just like a day to day thing. And I in say Los that Angeles. to people. Just all. say that. Yeah, that's to all the neighbors. Uh, they get a uh, turtle power and uh, just like a little, yeah, yeah. you know, little wave turtle power. What's good about turtle power is it's such a hard consonant that it's clear that you're not saying white power. Yeah, no, it's not. You're not going to mix up turtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For anything else. Turtle is turtle. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's a positive message. And I like that. I like that about that. Now, when Entourage was at its peak, probably, I don't know, 2003 to earlier this year. To now, you st- yeah. <laughs> Just to, to right now, and it's going forward, too. <laughs> did, you, did you stop using Turtle Power as much because you didn't want people to be confused that you were referencing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Turtle from the hit television show Entourage? Or were you happy that Turtle was part of Entourage? Or And then thirdly... Did you consider Turtle as part it kept going. of the teenage? I couldn't even get through the first part, let alone all three. You keep do four or five things. Four. Have you ever brought any bootleg Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, merchandise? And five, final question. Have you ever considered making your own Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Entourage crossover merchandise? Yes. Uh, first answer, uh, yes. I do consider Turtle a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Um, I do, I used, I, no, I, I didn't stop saying Turtle Power when Entourage was at its uh, peak popularity. Um, I did you know, uh, make sure to clarify with everybody that I said it to, Turtle Power, this time I mean the Entourage Turtle. Um, so you would say it twice? Yes. <laughs> well, depending on okay. who I was talking to. 
some people, you know, you talk to kids, they want to talk about, uh, you know, the ninjas, uh, the Ninja Turtles. But, you know, you know, a more refined, someone with a more refined taste would want to talk about Turtle from Entourage. And then you just say uh, Turtle Power. And then uh, and then you, you do a little, you know, mouth or, you know, hand on the side of the mouth. Like, you know, I'm talking about Turtle from Entourage. Right. And then they're like, and yeah, would they course. respond with would they respond with like, oh, yeah. Or they would respond with like Kawabunga. Or they would say, "Eat my shorts, man," and you would go, "Though that's a different intellectual property with they, a lot of similar DNA." They, yeah, they would uh, usually, usually respond with whatever Turtles' catchphrase was, um, which was, uh, you know, I, th- I think he would, he would, uh, you know, look at the camera and go, "It's an entourage," and then, so they would say that to me in response to Turtle Power. I'm talking about the entourage one. I'm glad that you said that and not, um, have you heard about the secret of the ooze or something? <laughs> it, it could have been, um, I, I, you know, I'm considering I'm just guessing as to what the uh, entourage catchphrase is. It really could have gone any direction. Yeah. I've never seen entourage. Uh, I don't really know anything about it. It's about uh, five or four men. And that's all I know. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's check a, all the about all I got. <laughs> it's about four or five <laughs> men, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Entourage for you. The end. Yep, you know uh, I've seen it. I could, I could give you the the yeah the whole season, the whole series synopsis. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie would have been better if it starred the same actors as the hit television show and one-off movie Entourage? It did. Uh, so. Oh, okay, really cool. Say. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. They were in their costumes. Yeah. There was like four or five of them. I'm an yeah. idiot. <laughs> I feel like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, well, it's okay. Hey, l- luckily we're not recording this and you know putting it out. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk to you today because uh, I've been thinking a lot about you because whenever I get super depressed about this great land of ours, and when I say this great land, I mean the coasts. You're in LA. I'm in Washington, D.C. My foot is in coast a different ocean than yours. Coast to coast. Talking to the Leonardo's guy with the most. Leonardo's and Donatello's on the East Coast. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> I like talking to you. And then every once in a while, I think about how great your, your, your what do I call you, a comedy troupe? Your duo? What should I say? Is Oh, yeah. No, like, call, how about, how about the, uh, the comedy town players? Or, uh, the little, the little skit the boys. Comedy town. When I think of your, when I think of your skits, I think <laughs> your little skits. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just finished a a very very good coffee table book. It's like the Encyclopedia of Rock and Roll Names. Oh, cool! And it's the best. Like, pick it up and read uh, when you're waiting for somebody for like five minutes or something. And I, I I was thinking about the greatness of names, and Butt is one of the greatest names for what you guys do. I think kids in the hall, but these are Monty Python is a horrible fucking name. They're just an amazing group. So people remember it, but kids in the hall is seemingly perfect. I think the replacements is like a perfect band name. I think, but is a perfect thing for what you guys do. And today while walking on a nature trail, I saw a lady wearing a shirt. She seems like a very reasonable lady. She was walking with her, her friend, um, late twenties to early thirties. And and it said, I only do butt stuff at the gym, but butt was in all caps, sort of stylized like your butt, which is stylized like Devo. And 
Yeah. So from far away, all I could see was like butt on a tank top. And I was like, they've really done a good job with promotion. And then I got closer and I realized, no, she they didn't do a good job with the promotion. This is just a, someone else using the word butt. So have you thought about trademarking the word butt? Uh, yeah, I think we could get away with that. Um, cool, cool, cool. Any Anytime anyone uh, uses a butt, uh, we would get paid. Um, every time someone sits... Uh, you know, you know, this is, this is very true, uh, and hilarious, but I have an uncle who, um, when I remember when I was a little kid, he was, uh, we were like hanging out and he was talking to me about this plan that he had to, uh, to file a patent for, uh, uh, for putting tennis balls on walkers. He's like, I'm going to file a patent for putting tennis balls on walkers. So then every time it's like, turns out there's nobody that's, that's done this before. So anytime somebody puts tennis balls on their walker, I'll have I'll I'll be able to get paid for it. <laughs> and, I, and I remember being like a little kid, being like, I don't think this is an enforceable patent. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think you I can think do you're that. Correct. <laughs> anyway, I don't. I don't think he made any money off of that. Do you realize that you started the story with me saying "but such a great name," and then you started out with, <laughs> you know, my uncle. Yeah, <laughs> and just just throwing that out there. Uh, no, you know, I, I that's nice that you think that Butt's a nice name. I think a lot of people are split. They think some people think it's a bad name. Some people think it's stupid. Now, are you making a pun? No, no. Okay. Some people think it's. I, I've I've had people be like, I don't know. That's a pretty stupid. That's stupid. Are you going to regret that one? More, uh, they want you to have a more serious name for your comedic troupe of skits. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I mean, maybe it, maybe it is a bad, I don't know. It's, I haven't had tons of success, so who's to say, uh, good or bad, but. Well, that has everything I to would... do with your look and work ethic and <laughs> sense of humor. The name <laughs> cannot be beat. You mean it's because I'm a bald, lazy, uh, <laughs> yeah, with an esoteric, a bald, lazy guy with an esoteric sense of humor? Is that why I'm not finding the success that I, I want? I think the bald helps. I think the bald thing helps right now. It's hot out. You're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you're, out, you're out of your mind. <laughs> uh, how's the how is Butt doing? Um, because you are, I'm assuming, are you and Chris seeing each other? We're still, you know, still uh, quarantining, and we just do a lot of zooming. Do we get on Zoom and do, uh, you know, uh, writing sessions or whatever? We're not like filming anything mm-hmm. or anything like that. But you know, trying to get. Prioritize other ideas that don't require us to be uh, hanging around and sharing food or whatever. Because you know, it's I, I was going to make a not funny joke about that, but usually before the quarantine and even during the quarantine, it's usually talking to you about you sharing food with other people. There's, I mean, there's probably more food sharing talk than uh, we usually have turtle talk, and we did have a lot today. Yeah, yeah. Do you miss sharing food with people other than your wife? Yeah, I, I love uh, I love a good uh, you know have a good spaghetti with somebody and share a little bit. Oh, have a bite of your thing, how about a fry there. Are you guys yeah. still doing the spaghetti club? You and a bunch of other uh, straight white men in uh, Los Angeles? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we we do have <laughs> rules about who's allowed. <laughs> God. There's um, yeah we 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 actually. Um, Maybe I don't know a month ago ish. Uh, 
went to the park and everybody sat, there was like park benches and everybody sat kind of far apart from each other and we ate spaghetti. That sounds like a not unfunny episode of Curb. <laughs> or it could be an unfunny one. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> it's hard to say. Shaq uh, might have a cameo. Man, remember the one where Shaq was in it and he, they bring in every episode of Seinfeld taped to Shaq. Do you remember that? Yeah, but I prefer Shaq and Freddy Got Fingered if we're going to do Shaq on the Lakers making TV and movie cameos. I've, I've, I just had this conversation with someone the other day. I've never seen Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, it's maybe my favorite universally hated film. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about it like, um, you know, movies that um, were trying to be like the star maker for an up and coming or like already, you know, pretty high up comedy star and trying to make it like, all right, we're going to make you mainstream. This is it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really, uh, you know, work. So I got to disagree with you on that because Freddy Got Fingered was not like a studio. It wasn't like Hot Rod, which was something that was sitting around forever. They're like, we just need a young star. This will be Andy mm-hmm. Samberg's big breakthrough role. This was like directed by Tom Green and written by Tom Green. Yeah, but like, you know, they're they're still who's the studio? You know, it's got a it's a big I'm sure that was a that was a money movie, right? That was a they were putting some something behind it. Oh yeah, 20th Century Fox, but here, here the fact that he didn't get another movie is so BS because the budget was 14 million and the box office was 14.3 million. He broke even. That's something. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, I don't. I, it, I don't know what is a good thing for movies. Like, what constitutes being good? I feel. I feel like if there's a movie that the budget's small and it makes its budget back, it's almost like nobody even cares. That you know, like, should yeah. be the thing. It shouldn't be like you don't get to make a movie ever again. Well, I, there's. Uh, listen, I, I think that everyone should be able to have as much money for movie making as possible. I should be okay, able it's to got have ten percent on. Give me, give me five mil. I could make a. I could make a goddamn amazing movie. It's got a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, I... Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, okay. Um, somebody gave it five stars, though. I, remember, I think it was like the, um, it's either A.O. Scott or Roger Ebert that gave it as high as you could get it. And I completely agree. It's just, it's a perfect film for what it's trying to be. Does that make sense? No, I, 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 I definitely understand it. And I was a big fan of Tom Green's too. I, you know, the Tom Green show is a lot of fun. He's got a, such a specific style and, and thing that he does. And he knows what he's doing. You know, did you ever see his SNL? Maybe I don't, I don't recall it though. If I did, I don't remember much. It opens with him and Drew Barrymore getting married and it closes with that's the opening monologue and then it closes with her not showing up at the altar um and that was uh you know that that was um uh, staged <laughs> <laughs> they were engaged in real life they ended up they ended up getting married he writes this he writes about it in his book uh hollywood causes cancer because he had testicular cancer and um when he said something to the effect of like when Courtney Love was at our wedding, I was like, who, how is this? What? And that's it. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) He was in, Tom Green was in the Charlie's angels movie. Yeah. They were together at the time. Yeah. Isn't that wild? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> they 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 gave him a good okay, few is... years of a of a stretch of a career. He he was mainstream for a minute, but you know. Okay, so really quick, this is the line that I probably used in pull quotes from Ebert's review of Freddy Godfinger. This movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't belong, doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels. That's beautiful. Roger Ebert rules, man. <laughs> Love that guy. The day may, this next paragraph, the day may come when Freddy Godfinger is seen as a milestone of neo-surrealism. That day may never come when it is seen as funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great roast. That's a that's a really funny. That's yeah. I gotta watch this movie. Oh, that's I, amazing. That's, that settles it. I gotta watch Freddy Got Fingered. I've seen it a dozen times. My wife hates it, so I haven't watched it in maybe seventeen years. How many of those movies are years? there where you're like, I can't watch this around my wife? She's just not gonna. She's going um, eye rolling and just like, I hate this. Please, like a dozen of them, and they're usually absurdist comedies like she she i mean i think she's okay with stepbrothers yeah how about cabin boy i never put cabin boy on i like him boy okay but it's not my it doesn't break my like weird like if i'm gonna make it up whenever i put something on like this i know like this is not number one it's not worth my time i can't enjoy it because she's here and she's not gonna enjoy it and then it's just a painful experience but mm, yeah um like all of wrestling maybe <laughs> Everything, everything wrestling. Okay. How deep everything into wrestling, wrestling do you get into the, like, do you, um, do you go out of your way and watch the, uh, like the movies made by WWE and stuff? So I've only seen a few of those and never with her at home. The last time I watched anything like that was I watched the condemned, which was the Steve Austin vehicle when it was leaving HBO, like three months ago. It's from like 2001. I watched it when she was covering a campaign event in like Detroit and I knew she was a good people. So yeah, while the cat's away. Um, yeah. And yeah, exactly. you know what? You know, I don't know how the condemned with uh, starring Stone Cold Steve Austin ends. He's a killer. Oh, do you know the premise of the condemned? I don't, I've never even heard of it. I, yeah. Nothing. It's horrible. I got nothing um, the condemned, the premise of the, con- of the condemned is, um, this guy with a TV slash internet network is going to, to bring the world's most dangerous people on an island and they're going to murder each other. And it's going to be like one from each country. Okay. Right. And so, so Stone Cold plays the guy from America. Oh, God. He and, picked and they Stone all, they, Cold. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it ends with the, the music, it ends with a Nickelback song. And then in the credits, Ryan Adams, when you're young, you get high. <laughs> What? That yes. There's no way it's good. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think my favorite. I, I just rewatched it. My favorite, um, uh, like kind of smash cut to credits with music, is uh, when they just when at the end of the Matrix when Neo flies into the air and then they just play Rage Against the and Ship. Dave Matthews Band plays. Come on. <laughs> they play. Uh, what's the Dave yeah. Band. They, what's the Dave Matthews band? Yeah, Crash Into Me. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, that, I I truly love everything about The Matrix. I think it, that okay. movie kicks ass. I shouldn't have stepped over your your real not joke. Were you mentioning the Raging Against the Machine song? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they just it's like very silly. Uh, he he flies away and they play um, what's it called? Wake Up by the Rage Against the Machine. 
Oh, because in the sequel, this is not a joke, it does end with a Dave Matthews Band song. Oh, really? Yes. I wasn't I wasn't just being a dick. I wasn't being like, Nickelback sucks. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the, I think the second one literally ends with an original song from Dave Matthews Band. Man, yeah. They, the, they, the first one definitely ends weird. with Rage. Yeah. Yeah. They, the movies really lose their, their way, but they're uh, interesting, uh, I guess. They're ambitious. Do they lose their way, or was their way always just like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if everyone fucked who they wanted the end? There's, um, I, I think that those movies were, um, like I read, I read an article, I forget where it was, uh, printed, but it was like about the, uh, about the creation of those movies and about making like a cinematic universe larger than just the movies themselves. And that they made the animatrix. Mm -hmm. And also there was like a video game that had key plot points that were like kind of related to the sequels as well. And it's like a huge pain in the ass to follow it and to keep up with it. And it's just like, it was like testing the waters of how willing people are going to, you know, be to, you know, jump into a movie universe like that. And it, I, I wasn't uninterested in going that far, but I at least like the first one. Do you have any desire to see the one that they're working on now? Oh, I'll definitely watch the fourth one. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'll see that. Do you have any desire to f- now that you have more time than ever to fill in the blanks with all that stuff, that, the Animatrix, et cetera? If it was streaming somewhere, I would watch it. But I, I, cause I was, I recently watched the first one and I was like, Oh, remember the animatrix? And then I Googled it and I don't think it's streaming anywhere. So I don't really care. I just f- watched Kundun, the Scorsese film from 97. And I can't think of a filmmaker that's less like the Wachowskis than Scorsese, where every single thing is like independent of each other. Um, and you need no prior knowledge, but if you do have prior knowledge, it's incredibly fulfilling. Like I could imagine enjoying the Irishman without ever seeing Goodfellas. But once you've seen Goodfellas and the Irishman, the Irishman is incredibly more fulfilling, but you don't, it's not part of Canon. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's, um, it, yeah, it's like the, the Canon of like Scorsese's brain basically, or, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, I love, yeah, I, I rewatched, um, Cape fear recently too. Um, oh, I think, yeah. I think the first time I saw it, I didn't, I didn't really, it didn't do anything for me. And then I rewatched and I was like, oh man, this is great. <laughs> it's such a good performance. It's such a, you know, like it's a weird stylized movie for Scorsese. It's, it's cool. I like it a lot. The reason why I ask is because like the, which, I'm thinking of the matrix here. I feel like if you, you're just so locked in with this one story for literally a decade plus, how fulfilling could that be? Like, I love star Wars. I think it's great, but I've only seen, eight of the nine original, like eight of the nine films. And I've done none of the like rabbit hole stuff of yeah. the weird, not weird. I shouldn't say weird. It's a hugely popular thing. It's not weird at all, but I, I don't have any desire. I can't, I can't find the joy in it, but yeah. Like the matrix know, maybe that, for that to, for the matrix to be fully um, satisfying uh, at the end of all the movies and everything, it would be like, oh, and also this was all real. <laughs> like they would have to also be real or something. <laughs> There's no way a movie. And here's a check. You just <laughs> you've won the cash prize of watching all of this. Yeah, you can't. It needs to have something. Like I don't know. They're putting that much commitment into something is not for me as an older uh, dude. It would have been more likely when I, you know, when I was younger. Like Star Wars. Well, that's the thing. Is the same deal. Well, hold like, on. 
you know. You were younger when The Matrix came out. It was like the perfect time for you to go into that seemingly never-ending rabbit hole. Um, and I, as far as it goes, I think I saw all the stuff. I saw the Animatrix when it came out. I remember seeing that. Um, uh, I don't think I played whatever the video game was, but I, I knew what it was. You know what I mean? This is but, somewhat of a joke. I don't know if it is. Was there any like fan art of Animatrix Animaniacs crossover? I uh, there's one hundred percent. There has to be. Okay. There, there absolutely must be. Okay. You know what? Yeah, let's look some uh, up. <laughs> uh I did one of the the reasons I did want to talk to you initially when I asked you to do this edition of the show is because we had a I think a beautiful shared experience, which was attending the Juggalo March in Washington, D.C. in 2017. I cannot imagine doing that now for many reasons. Um, <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I was I actually I was moved le- by the experience. I had a legitimately wonderful time. There, there's no qualifiers there. Yeah. That being said, I have a kid now. Um, there's a global pandemic right now and no offense to ICP or the family or their stance and what they were fighting for because they are on the right side of history. They are not a gang. Um, I think there are bigger things to protest for. Yeah. You know, times, uh, March four have, have, uh, changed, um, in the, in, at least in the sense of like, uh, hey, we've got something uh, quite crucial at the forefront of the conversation right now. And if yeah, somebody yeah. if somebody wanted to talk about uh, a you know organize a juggalo march at this point, you'd be like, "You're going to have to wait a little bit. <laughs> this is not Could right now." Could you just now. come under this umbrella for a minute? And you, yeah, the juggalos are welcome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, certainly welcome. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. They're also um, th- th- yeah, it was a it was a good reason. It was uh, it, but it was. At least I was interested in it to begin with because it is a little silly, you know, but it is actually a worthwhile thing to do. Absolutely. No jokes, even though it's inherently hilarious. So I don't I think, you know, about the Joker card and the myths and the and the the giant storytelling that is the insane clown insane clown posse catalog. It is maybe more complex and longer running than the matrix. It might be. And it has, um, a easier to understand twist ending. That was God all along. Yeah. It was always, it was always about God. And they, uh, what's the, what do they go? We're not sorry that we tricked you. (laughs) That's the funniest lyric of any band's history. We're not sorry that we tricked you. (laughs) (laughs) They rule, man. I love those guys. could you think of a, I I've been ragging my brain. This is this is really what this boils down to. Can you think of a group whose ethos and whose literally every facet of their business you agree with, but whose product makes you physically ill? Outside of the uh, insane clown posse. Insane clown posse. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> First of all, just for for anybody listening, listen to the song "Die Unveiling." That's the one where they expose that it's all been a trick. That's like crucial to the the history, um, and it's a bad song. Um, 
it's not a fun listen, but it's a historical document. Um, Hold on a second, Joe. You don't need to say it's not a fun listen. There's not one good song in their catalog. I will argue for the song Juggalo Juice. You will. I'm not going to die on the hill, but I'm just going to say, eh, it's not bad. Okay. Okay. I'm not, not going to make enemies out of this well. thing. At, at, on the scale of ICP songs or the scale of music? <laughs> music. On the scale uh, of music, Juggalo Juice, one to ten. It's a ten four. A, it's a four. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's slightly below average on the scale of just music, I think. Um, and But it's not dog shit. So... Their catalog is never a one because the production values are pretty high. I mean, they were a Disney act for a minute. Um, but I'd say the majority of it's like a solid two. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. I don't, I don't listen to their music. Um, I'm not throwing that on. I've, I've heard. I do have their. A little bit, but. Yeah. Because I'm a, a, a white man of a certain age from an urban center, I do own the uh, Third Man Records seven inch that they did with Jack Hoy. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't own that, but. I was um, uh, like a, on that mailing club or whatever for records for mm-hmm. Third Man, um, and they, they, it's like on a comp. Uh, it's on like one of the comps that they put out. So I'm like, I do technically own one of their you know singles on a comp, but that's about it. And I think it's a it's it's technically a collaboration between ICP, Jack White, and Bach. Yes, uh, it is a collab with Bach. <laughs> that's true. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's great. It's good stuff. Yeah. Jack White. I wouldn't say great. Once again, he does get it. He does get it. And here's the thing about a lot of people don't realize about Insane Clown Posse. Uh, I'd love for you to chime in on this because I think you're more of an expert. They are, they have tickets that are reasonably priced for their fans. Um, They tour small to non existent cities uh, in rural parts of America, and they do play urban centers. And when they do play those urban centers, a lot of people don't realize that they sell those shows out. Like, yeah. They do a very good job. All of their merch comes from Michigan. It's an American-made band. Uh, sorry, it's American-made merch from an American band. Like they are MC5's actual. Yeah, <laughs> like this is the actual legacy of MC5. <laughs> and the FBI has classified them and their fans as a gang. Yeah, man, the FBI sucks. <laughs> Am I getting anything? <laughs> Am I getting anything? Oh, and they had a feud with Eminem. They did. They had a, uh, Which makes a them feud with Eminem. Cool. Yeah. Um, but lyrically, they're super bad. <laughs> like, and not, they're horrible. It's horrible yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's not, I, I yeah, I, I just don't, um, it does, it's, it's hard to explain what the draw is because, it, you know, people's first impression is probably maybe even revulsion. You know, it might, it, the first impression for a lot of people is like, ugh, ugh, gross. And then it's kind of a joke. And then mm. it can become like, but you know, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, like if you yeah. pick apart certain elements of it, it's like, oh yeah, they're basically like a fully independently operating uh, business that has a dedicated fan mm. base that they take care of. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they have a great, you know, communicative, uh, communicative relationship with their fan base. It's kind of like they, I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's understandable why um, Nathan Rabin wrote that book about them and fish where it's very similar, you know, the way the uh, mm-hmm. they've operated without any kind of uh, publicity from mainstream outlets. And they've been massive and had huge fan bases and 
I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to listen to either of those bands music, but, uh, cool. You know, way to go. Uh, ICP was one of the first major acts, first major music festivals to cancel out of, uh, safety for their fans. Um, I am going to be stereotypical here. I do think that they could have still drawn a very solid uh, crowd at the gathering this year, and they decided not to do it for safety reasons, even though um, you've attended the gathering, we've attended the, the, the march. I would say that the socioeconomic uh, background for the majority of their fans would be lower income, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, that's the, that, that's the crowd. I mean, going there, um, they when I went there a few years ago, they had a, a lake on the premises called uh, Lake Hepatitis. So like yeah. the safety, uh, health and safety is not number one priority. Um, and if they yeah. held the fest, I bet it would draw for sure. Yeah. Cause it's also the biggest, I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be this big as it's, it has been in the past, but I bet a, a good amount of people would come if they were, uh, you know, irresponsible enough to do it. But yeah, they're, they, they care about everyone's uh, health and safety. And it's, it's not depressing, but around the 4th of July, I hate, hate, hate fireworks. And all I think about is stuff like ICP, right? Because I fucking hate their music, but like, <laughs> God damn it, they're doing everything right, except the music part. And yeah. maybe that's maybe that's how I should view this country. I don't but, like the, the product, but I like a lot of the ethos behind it. Yeah, except you have to, it's like, what if you had to live in the music of the Insane Clown Posse? <laughs> Instead of living in the, maybe uh, that's what's going yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Like we're living in the bad part, um, and you know, there's there can be a, a lot of um, a good philosophy or intentions or whatever behind the the bad part, but it's uh, still not a, the best place to live. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a four. No, it's How about not. that? You know, because everyone always wants to be. <laughs> no, like, it's oh, not no. a four. No. Well, then, all right. It's better than a lot of places, but it's. Oh, worse than a America. lot of places. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. America's I mean, a I'm still straight. Places to live. Oh no, it's higher than that. How much higher? Six, maybe. Yeah, seven, six or seven. Mm, I think seven's pushing. I think six max, four well, at the bottom, depending on what. I'm part seven because I'm in an area that's not currently spiking with COVID cases. Yeah, I think it it can fluctuate based on where you are. Yeah, I think and I think ce- uh, ceiling center. six, floor four. Oh wow, you're going straight middle. Yeah. Did you right pick those that. two numbers because that's how many people are in both Entourage and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, I did. That's cool. <laughs> you know, it, it, on our on our best days, we're the Entourage, and on our worst, we're the Turtles. I guess. I'll I'll take that. Yeah. I think everyone in this country and, you know, outside of these coasts would agree that Entourage is a superior product to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Heartland the loves brought it. Joy. The, oh, my God. Oh, my God. When was the last time you were in the Heartland? All they talk about is Johnny Drama. That's all they talk about. Yep. Like, everybody is, everybody's talking about it. Um, it's, you, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Do you think you'll go to the gathering next year? Um, if we've got a vaccine, I'm, I would consider it. Why? 
You've done it once. What do you, why, why? Um, it was a very good time. Party. It's the, it's the only fest, cool. it's the only festival I'd go, uh, go back to. Oh, really? I've, I think I've been to, I don't know how many, but like, I, I'm, I hate them and they're not, you know what I mean? Like they're not fun enough. They don't offer anything, um, like they don't offer a unique enough experience for me to withstand the bullshit of them. So I would go to the gathering because they at least are offering you something different. Do you think your wife would go with you? hundred percent. No, never in a million years. <laughs> they, like it's not even a, yeah, not even a question. <sighs> what if you gave her like a bunch of Ninja Turtle and Entourage action figures? Do you think she'd go with you then? She does love toys. <laughs> if she's been good, she'll get a well, that's toy. That's why I'm going to stop it. 